Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Sessions with Sid. I'm Sid, your host. Thanks for joining me for another episode. Hello, welcome back to another episode. I say this every single time, but I'm really excited about this one, y'all. I got to interview one of my favorite people to follow, and that is Emily the Medium. Her name's Emily Green, but she's known as Emily the Medium, and I've been following her for a while now, and just knew that I needed to have her on my podcast because she's also a medium like myself and she's such an expander for me in that area and it's really funny because I messaged her after like discovering her on another podcast and I was like I feel like you're my mediumship mother and it was just like kind of a silly thing for me to say but like she really appreciated it and I kind of mentioned that in the episode as well so she is such an incredible human and powerful medium and healer and I'm so honored that I got to talk to her and have her on the podcast and I will say that there's a part of the episode that sort of cut out a little bit so I apologize for that in advance but I it's only one spot so I don't think that it will be too disruptive, I hope. And just a little bit about Emily before we get into the episode. Emily, like I mentioned, is a professional psychic medium and she helps people to connect with their loved ones on the other side and provide psychic guidance on people's life path. And what's also so freaking cool is she connects to spirit babies. So she connects to souls of babies that have not yet come into the bodies of you know babies Um, and so she really helps people in this area who are trying to conceive who have already conceived who you know maybe have experienced the pain of miscarriage and are wanting to find meaning and understand you know when their babies are going to come in again so I just think this is such amazing work that she's doing and in this episode we talk about so many powerful topics including of course psychic mediumship spirit babies why mediumship is healing and how messages come through how souls choose bodies animal communication we even talk about how death doesn't exist and that perspective on it so gosh it was such an amazing episode I'm going to stop blabbering and let you start listening. Before I do, though, I just wanted to mention that I have spots open for one-on-one coaching with me. So if that's something that calls to you, please send me a DM. My handle is in the show notes, and we can set up a free call to see if we're a good match. I am a therapist, and so if you're struggling at all with mental health, I would love to be your support system and and guide you. And 
if you are navigating spiritual awakening and or wanting to open up your intuitive gifts more, that is also something that I guide people on. So again, if this calls to you, send me a message and, you know, even if it's just to say hey and to chat, I love hearing from all of you. It truly makes my day to get your feedback and I'm grateful that you listen. So thank you so much. And my last little thing is if you could take 20 seconds to leave me a five-star rating and review if you love this show, that would help me out tremendously and it's a cool free way to support my show. So if you do that for me, I would be so grateful and I will also pull tarot cards for you if you DM me a screenshot of your review on Instagram. Okay, enough talking on my end. Let's get into the episode with Emily the Medium. Hello, Emily the Medium. Welcome to my show. I'm so pumped to have you on. Thank you, my love. It's so good to be here. And that never gets, that never, I, I don't know if I'll ever get used to that. Like people will actually come up to me and be like, Emily the Medium. I'm like, wait, are, oh yeah, that's me, right? Okay, yes, yes. Hello, thank you. It's so good to be here. I'm so happy to be here sitting and chatting with you today. Yes, me too. Can you please introduce yourself and maybe share anything, you know, that you feel called to about, you know, I hate saying who you are because that's such a big question, but... <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, 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 I like to mix it up every time I, I kind of introduce myself because um, I, I like to keep it fresh. I like to keep it exciting. So I'm like, how might I introduce myself today? Um, but essentially, you know, if the name doesn't give bits and bites um, of it away, uh, I am a medium. I'm a psychic medium among lots of other different things. But essentially, my work focuses around, I mean, honestly, it is hard to kind of encapsulate my work because it focuses around so many different things. But um, and it kind of started as one thing and it's grown into this beautiful, brilliant, um, you know, kind of creation web, this tree of life of all these different things that I do. But essentially, um, at the foundational kind of uh, core of my work, um, I'm interested in uh, really like connecting with people and giving readings, but ultimately connecting people to um, their own sort of sense of, of psychic perception and medium mediumistic connection to their own loved ones, to their own guides ancestors, teachers, healers, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I do a lot of psychic development work. Um, I do a lot of mediumship development work. I work one-on-one, -on -one. I work in groups. Um, I also <laughs> ended up somehow working um, in the realm of spirit babies and connecting people uh, to the souls of their children, um, past, present, future. Uh, I do healing work. Like it's just, I mean, the, the, the canon of work is so wide now at this point. So Emily, the medium, like is just kind of tip of the iceberg, but, um, but that's kind of an encapsulation really of, of what I do and what I'm interested in. Um, just like, you know, just scratching the surface. Yeah, and I definitely want to dive into a lot of those different areas and roles that you have here. And what drew me to you was the mediumship because I'm a medium as well. And I, <laughs> I remember like messaging you and then feeling kind of embarrassed about it. But like I reached out to you <clears throat> because I, I heard you on Christina's podcast and I was like, oh my God, I feel like she's like my mediumship expander. And like, <laughs> I called you like my mediumship mother, Yeah, <laughs> which, was, which is funny, but 
Yeah. Um, I just love all the work you do and, um, what you put out there really, really inspires me as a growing medium and healer. So yeah. I'll start by saying thank you. And yeah, I would love to start with mediumship actually. Um, can you give us a little background on like, how did you discover you were a medium and how that all came to light? Yeah. Great question. And I, you know, I, I really love to hear that. And I remember the first time you messaged me and I was like, it was so, it was, I was like, it just, it made me so happy because that was one of the, you know, when I was just kind of exploring mediumship for myself and just kind of coming out in that way. Um, it was like, I loved listening to other mediums talk about mediumship. Like I just loved it. I could listen to it all day and I still do. Um, and so, you know, it was kind of like a pinch me moment when you messaged me because I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. Like that, this is the moment where I'm the medium talking about mediumship and there's another medium who yeah. loves, you know, like it was really, it was really cool. So, yeah. so thank you. And, um, yeah, you know, I think the, the, the way that I came to mediumship is there's a couple of different threads to it but essentially um one of the first ways that I entered into that space was I went for um a session with um my my one of my first mentors and um it was just supposed to be she did a specific type of healing work called Huna energy healing it's a Hawaiian based um form of energy healing and so that's kind of what I was there for I didn't really expect anything else um and I sat down on her couch and you know she's like okay we're gonna get into the healing in a second but but by the way do you know you're a medium and I was like what what like me like is there somebody else on your couch that you're talking to and you know she went into this whole thing just kind of explaining it and at the time I was like sort of disillusioned like I was like what like is she talking about but when I went home and I reflected on it more and I was still young at this point it was like 19 when I went home and I reflected on it, I was like, you know what, <laughs> this woman might be onto something. Um, and so she basically said, you're going to come to a mediumship development circle on every Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, it wasn't like, do you want to come? Would you like to come? Would you like to be a part of it? It was like, you're going to be there next Sunday, 10 a.m., right? I was like, um, yes, uh, yes, I will. Because I'm, you know, I, I, I respond well to that kind of authority when someone tells me like, this is, you know, like you need to do, and I'm like, okay, I can follow that instruction. Um, and so, so anyway, so I went and I started going and I went every Sunday. I didn't miss a Sunday for almost two years, um, in, in a small little development circle with a couple of other people. Um, and you know, like I was interested in the mediumship and I was, I was captured by it. Um, but that's not actually how I started my, my, my business wasn't that kind of centric mediumship focus. I didn't actually start that way. And it's mostly because, you know, um, there was still an aspect of mediumship that felt completely terrifying at the beginning. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to start out as being a medium. Are you crazy? Uh, so I was also trained in some energy healing work at the beginning and was just doing kind of various different types of in intuitive readings. And what started happening over the, the period of time that I started doing readings um, was that the, the mediumship just started happening anyway. Of course, they were like, so, okay, we understand you're too scared to like be, you know, fully out in the open being, um, you know, fully saying you're doing mediumship readings but we'll weave it in anyway to the kinds of readings that you're already doing and so I would have all these energies and these souls and these these loved ones coming through in these readings and people would you know it's funny I remember the first time I did my group reading 
<laughs> first time I ever did a mediumship group reading in person with a group of people. Um, you know, I was still kind of like incognito in the mediumship space, but, um, and, and, and so when a, a friend, a client and a friend of mine who is still a great client and a friend of mine today, she uh, kind of set up this group for me. I was like, I don't want to know who's going to be there. You don't need to tell me. And I think she was like, cause I did I, I, like, I kind of did the mediumship and she knew that, but I wasn't fully full time with it. Like I wasn't fully out with it people showed up to this group reading. Like they were like, what are we doing here? They thought they were doing energy healing. They thought that we were pulling cars. I was like, no, we're actually going to talk to your loved ones. And there was this one woman and she's still a great kind of friend of mine today. She was like, I thought we were like having Reiki here. Like what, what, what is happening? You know? So it was just sort of like, um, it was, it was a little, a, a windy path before I kind of really fully accepted the mediumship and started doing exclusively mediumship based readings. But um, that's kind of how, that's kind of how I, it started. That's kind of how I got there. I said, just sort of, I mean, it was like, oh, okay, well, we'll we're just going to find you and we're going to start coming through you anyway. You don't really have a choice. So I was like, okay. And I just went with it. That's so cool. I feel like it's the classic, like someone else telling you you're a medium where you're like, what? And yeah. it's like, I feel like I've heard that from so many people. And like that happened with me. And I was just like, okay, that's cool. But like, I don't see it. And then you like start to see it and you're like, whoa, okay, got it. So I think yeah. it's so funny that it's such a common thing. It's like, you're a wizard, Harry, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think, you know, I think that to, to be fair, like truly, honestly, I really believe that everybody has some kind of capacity of mediumistic ability. So it actually makes sense that a lot of people have that kind of origin story. I think what, you know, it just might, there might be a moment in time when we're told that, that it's just like, um, it's important for this to come out right now. It's important for you to recognize this about yourself right now. It's important for you to start using these abilities right now. So, but totally, you know, it's totally like you're a wizard. And, and I mean, I always loved like Hogwarts, Harry Potter. So it was oh, like yeah. sitting there and having somebody tell you that you had some sort of mystical thing going on that actually confirmed all of your previous like life experience was was pretty amazing yeah mm -hmm. totally oh I just love your story and I have so many questions so I love hearing about how other mediums receive their messages so I'm curious like how do you receive your messages when you're connecting to the other side yeah great question um you know, I, this, it's, it's kind of a multifaceted answer because it has evolved over, over time. Um, you know, I'm very like naturally my, I've always been an incredibly, incredibly visual person. Like just, you know, as I'm talking to somebody in any kind of conversation, it doesn't have to be like a reading sort of conversation as they're describing something or talking about someone or describing a movie or whatever it is, like, as I'm have my eyes open and I'm looking at you, that whole scene is playing inside of my my mind's eye. So I'm very clairvoyant, very visual, and I always have been. Um, so that's kind of how like the mediumship really started with a lot of clairvoyant experiences, whether that was kind of inside the mind's eye or outside of the mind's eye, where all of a sudden, you know, I'd have my eyes closed in a reading, kind of exploring, looking, you know, trying to see what was what was happening, what was coming through, and there would be, you know, this man or this woman or I'm like, oh, there's this woman with the thing and the hair and the glasses and the specific mole over the side of her top right lip, um, you know, and she had a, a nose job somewhere along the way. You know what I'm saying? Like I would kind of start visually describing um, these these energies that were that were present. And so that's kind of really how like that was the first sort of um, 
that was the first way that the information started flowing. And what I, but what I found over time is that, you know, you can only go so far with, with describing kind of visual cues and you have to go deeper into the conversation with the energy um, of the person who's present. You have to get into the feeling, you have to get into the information. And so, um, you know, really for me now, when I'm communicating after, you know, after years of, of exploration and really fine tuning my specific kind of process, uh, it, it's just a blend of all of the different um, senses. It usually still starts out as some kind of visual. Um, and then I'll go into the, the, the feeling connection of feeling the person's personality and their emotion and their energy. And then I'll go into honestly, just having like a clear audience back and forth conversation where they're telling me about this and this, and I'm, you know, just transcribing it and sharing the information in that way. So I have a really good blend of all of the different um, kind of senses in terms of how that communication is coming through. And so it's really quite a full bodied experience with, with, with the, with the spirit person, with the, with the soul energy. Like, it's like, you know, truly just as if I was talking to you and it's also become a lot less subtle. It used to be very subtle where I would get just little wisps of information or little wisp, wisps of an emotion. Um, and now it's very, it's very full bodied and very um, kind of live and in color, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That's so neat. And I, I love what you said just now about it evolves into more kind of as you sort of practice and read. Yeah, totally. You mentioned when you were talking um, at the like beginning a moment ago about why mediumship is important now. And I would love to have you answer that question. Like, why do you believe kind of now in this state of the world that connecting with the other side is kind of more important than arguably ever? Yeah. It's a great question. I think that there's so many different facets, like the mediumship, absolutely. And also, you know, different kinds of, of um, extrasensory or higher kind of communication is, is, is really more, more important than ever, because it, like, in my opinion, <laughs> um, we, if, if we're just kind of looking at the world right now in a very three-dimensional kind of um sense or, or, or fashion, um, you know, it, it, it's quite, it, it'd be very easy to be like, what on earth is going on? What is the purpose to this? And why, why are things happening the way that they are? And so, you know, for me, I have kind of the natural tendency to like go, I like to go macro. I like to go, I like to go high. I like to go, I like to go up and zoom out and really kind of look at things from the bigger picture and the bigger perspective. And naturally that is something that you, you're kind of able to do when you're having sort of a, a higher uh, point of connection or communication, whether that's mediumship or something else. And so I think that it's, um, I mean, if you think about the energies that are existing or residing in kind of, you know, the, the, the spiritual realm or the afterlife realm, whatever you want to call it, I mean, they have the out of body kind of context of being in a physical body, um, you know, understanding the ins and outs of how that's going, but they also have that kind of context of, uh, but here's what I can see from this perspective. And here's my perspective based on what I can see now, now that I'm kind of out of the three-dimensional form, which can be very illuminating and, and really, um, informing uh in, in a way so i think that you know we are moving into and we have been moving into and in, a, in certain ways we are in this new age and this new era where you know you, you you can't just trust like what's 
just in front of you and what's three-dimensional and what's tangible and what you can touch and feel um, that really there's so much kind of information and uh, of information available through connecting with the soul or a guide or you know whatever you want to call it um, that can be deeply illuminating and very comforting and um, and really help kind of uh, smooth the sometimes bumpy ride, especially recently on planet Earth. So I think that what I've seen in 2020, late 2019, 2020 and 2021 so far um, is, I mean, there's more people who are interested in, 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 in this than ever in this high, kind of higher communication and who are just like embracing it and accepting it um and whether they like make the choice or whether they have no choice and they're kind of being you know pushed into the the um the exploration so to speak so does that answer your question yeah totally and i agree with what you're saying and i love that perspective of like they sort of have the bird's eye view so to speak of like what is going on and can give us so much wisdom here on the earth plane and that being like you said, it's so comforting to, you know, have my grandmother give me wisdom about something and maybe show us a perspective that we couldn't quite see in the 3D, totally. which leads me to, you know, what are some reasons that people might want to connect with, you know, the other side or, or see a medium? Because I think maybe you have run into this before, but people don't, there are people who kind of, who, who know what's up and kind of know what mediumship is and really um, kind of understand the importance of it. And then I feel like there's sort of the other group of people who maybe kind of go with what they see on TV and don't really buy into it. And so why, like, why is it important and why might someone want this healing experience? Yeah. Great question. And I think, you know, what's cool is that what I have noticed in the mediumship space, um, compared to when I first started to now, but also as I look back, you know, in terms of how mediumship, I'm, I, I like to study the history of mediumship through the, through the, the generations and through, through time. Um, and, and what's really cool is like, you know, I think that, that medium and mediumship has become in certain ways, maybe I'm just seeing it from my, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> my, my, my vacuum. Um, but I, I think that mediumship has become a lot more, um, like a household kind of just experience. Like I think that without even realizing it, the world has actually sort of shaken off some of its, um, you know, stigma around the whole mediumship conversation. But I mean, there's a myriad of different um, reasons that somebody might be kind of uh, interested or mediumship would be, would be um, something that's beneficial for them. I mean, the, the first and the most obvious sort of reason, and it's still the reason that I get the most is because somebody that somebody loved very much and cared for relationship looks like. And that's the thing is all kinds of relationships can look different. And it can be like a love, pure, pure love, unconditional love through the whole lifetime. It could be there was a relationship and then there wasn't a relationship and the person passed away before, you know, like there's so many different kind of expressions of relationship. And so some people are like, well, you know, we weren't talking leading up to the years to their passing, like, can I still talk to them? It's like, absolutely. You know, so all of that kind of um, any sort of, uh, issue or conflict or lack of conversation is able to kind 
kind of be erased and people are able to have connection again. Um, so, I mean, that's the most obvious one is somebody that they love very much left their physical body and they're looking to reconnect in a certain way. Um, and it just depends on what each person is looking for. Like some people come in and they're looking for hardcore evidence that, you know, there's an afterlife and they want to hear this, this, that, and they want to hear you say the specific pet name that their, that their loved one called them and only they would know that, you know, and you have people who, who kind of come in and they're looking for very hardcore stuff, which you know, I understand. Um, and then you have people who, you know, they're coming in and they're just like, I just want to have, I want to feel the emotional connection to this person. Again, I want to feel their energy. I want to feel their personality. I miss them so much. I want to hear them tell a joke, you know, wh whatever it is. And so that's kind of the first, like most common reason that people are coming for mediumship. Um, you know, there's also people who use, I think that this is really cool. And this is a newer thing that I'm seeing a lot of more people doing is they want some guidance in terms of their current sort of life path or their current life situation, whether that's a family issue or a personal life path thing. And they actually want to contact like an ancestor specifically or a loved one. And so some people will come in for that, um, for guidance or support, um, some people will come in for kind of some form of ancestral healing or lineage healing for the using the mediumship. I mean, there's just like, there's the, you, you can receive healing in so many ways through mediumship that it's almost hard to like quantify all of the different ways that you can do it. But I would say that those are kind of some of the top um, ones or the top ways. Yeah. yeah so powerful. I, I'm biased, but I just love mediumship and I think it's so healing for everyone involved. Um, Agreed. Which leads me to how do you see um, connecting through mediumship as healing for like spirits and what have maybe you seen? Um, I'm getting chills already um, from that point of view. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's something that I think you brought up a really good point. That's the thing that I um, will, will kind of remind people of very often is often, you know, you think about, well, it's obviously healing for the client or the person who's receiving the reading, but I really think of mediumship as a trinity or, you know, even beyond a trinity where, you know, if you're making so many different points of contact that you can't even, you know, you're talking to this person and this person, this soul and this soul. Um, but it's really that there's energy being exchanged in all directions between the medium and the soul, the soul and the client, um, the client and the medium, like everybody is getting some energy from the exchange. And I think, you know, something that we forget about is that it can be very healing for, um, for a soul, for a spirit to be able to um, clear things up, to clear up confusion, to be able to, um, you know, share something with the client or with the, the loved one who's still here on earth that they didn't have a chance to share before they left their physical body or um, to apologize for, for something that went on or like there's so much. And if you just think about it, like, you know, the soul, even though it's left its physical form, um, it still is, has a memory of and an understanding of the entire lifetime that they just left behind them. Um, and there may be certain things that when they came out of their physical body, they went, oh my goodness, this is not good, or this was misunderstood, or I need to kind of, you know, um, work with this energy or things like that. Um, there's no, there's no kind of residual negative emotions that are left behind per se, but they may realize some things that, um, that they would like to clear up in a certain way, whether that's for them or for somebody else or for a family structure. And so when a soul has a chance to, um, 
to share some of those things through a medium, I mean, it's exponentially healing and you can think about it as it's not just healing for, uh, you know, for them in that present moment, it's healing for the, the soul across all directions, forward and backwards in time, um, that they're having a chance to kind of maybe write something um, or, or, or kind of um, balance a certain energetic scale before they continue moving forward on their soul's journey. So, um, you know, sometimes I get in contact with these souls and I mean, they just, they just won't be quiet. They're just like, blah, blah, blah. And I need to tell them that this is, is wrong. And I'm sorry, I did that. And I need to tell them that they need to be more patient with their dad and, you know, whatever the, whatever the thing is. And it's like, the client is like, wow, you know, I can't even get a word in. And yeah. And then, you know, that's because the soul is just like, I have so much to say and I need to, you know, I need to get this out basically. Yeah. Oh, it's so powerful. Like I can't explain what happened for me while you were talking, but I just, I almost wanted to cry because of how, like thinking of how powerful it is for a soul, like to be able to maybe say what they couldn't say. Um, and like, I'm kind of almost at a loss for words, but it just, it, like, I felt, I felt that when you were talking about that. Um, and along with that, can you maybe speak to this? Um, like you were talking about like the soul's journey. So like my understanding, and please correct me if, you know, this isn't correct, but like this, when someone passes away, their soul kind of obviously leaves the body and then there's sort of a journey and that souls can get stuck along the way. If like certain things happen, I'm not doing a great job of explaining. Do you, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that every, the, the, just as we are all such unique, um, human beings on the path of our like human experience and life can be very varied. Um, you know, some people breeze through certain experiences while others have a lot harder time with certain things. Like, you know, like some people loved high school. Other people are like, fuck high school. I'm not, oh, sorry. I don't know if I can cuss on this podcast. Um, you can. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Uh, you know, like, like F it, I'm never, you know, I, I don't even want to think about it. Right. And so it's, 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 it's really like, that's obviously a very human analogy, but if you think about it, it's very much the same in terms of the soul, in terms of, you know, they have to, when they're leaving the physical body, um, it, it depends on the lifetime that they're coming out of. It depends on the circumstances surrounding their passing. It depends on the, the, you know, did, did they have kind of the feeling that they were getting ready to pass out of the physical form and they actually had time to consciously prepare before they left the physical body. So there's so many different factors that, um, that we could consider that might kind of temporarily, um, you know, sort of alter the, the, the journey process from soul to soul. So I think that it's, I think where I would change the languaging and this is more just so that because I think that, that a lot of people have a fear that like oh my gosh my loved one got like stuck in this area and how are they going to get out and I like I'm scared for them and I'm worried for them um what I would say is just some souls take longer in certain phases of the journey than others um some souls actually make a conscious decision I'm going to hang out here for a bit 
I'm not ready to continue forward. I want to hang out here. Um, and, and it is conscious. They have free will all the way along the journey. There is, you know, certain benevolent beings and guides who will step in if necessary and be like, hey, are you okay? Do you want some help moving? You know, and, and again, it's, it's, there's still free will outside of the, um, outside of the, the physical body to a certain extent where, where souls can kind of choose along the way. Okay, I'm going to kind of hang out here. I'm going to go here. I'll take my time here. I really want to work with this and so on and so forth. So um, I think that it's less about getting stuck and it's more about choice. Um, and it's also about the variance in the different kind of um, time frames. And of course, time is relative, especially when we're outside of physical bodies. Uh, but um, but the certain time that different souls can spend in different places. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for reframing my language. I really appreciate that. Um, that choice aspect is so important, both in the 3D and in the spirit world. Totally. Wow. Yeah. And, and I think it, it, it's, it's important because it represents that, you know, even when, um, because there is, you know, I think that very naturally we still, as human beings, we still in some way, shape or form, even, even if we do have an understanding of mediumship, that there is still the, the fear of the, de of death and fear of the unknown and what's happening and where am I going and am I going to get. And so I think that, um, I'm really like into creating a very, um, uh, kind of accessible languaging and understanding around the, the, the soul leaving the physical body and what happens after that and uh, and and just kind of a very positive experience because I think I think that, that would be something really good to change if we could kind of all have a new experience of the fear of death you know I think that would be really good yeah totally I kind of wanted to like go into that a little bit like the fear of death because it's so prevalent um it's humans uh you know of course it's evolutionary but I don't even know what my question is but I'm I guess I'm curious maybe about your perspective about the fear of death and how that can maybe be shifted even through mediumship like maybe this brings me to that question about you had well by the way everyone Emily's podcast is like incredible I just love it Emily the medium Thank you. And you had an episode where you shared about um, a man, I believe, who shared with you about the afterlife. And that was like unbelievable. Can you like, can we tie those things together? <laughs> yes, totally. Totally. Yeah. I think that to answer the first part of your question, I think that mediumship can absolutely, and I have seen it be like a tonic and a salve and a bomb for people who have the, 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 the fear of, of death. Um, and there's lots of different reasons why somebody might have a very kind of intense fear of death, whether that's like a present day kind of conditioning fear, or it could be a past life. You know, there's so many different reasons, but I've seen it, you know, I've watched it firsthand where the evidence comes through from the loved one. And they're like, oh my God, they're, they, 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 they can still retain that memory. They can still communicate with me in this way. Like they're not dead, dead, that, that, that doesn't exist. Like if they can still, if, if, they, if I saw my, you know, for example, father's physical body, um, you know, and I, I have his ashes in my living room, but I can actually talk to this person who just brought up an important detail about my father's life and his, you know, his legacy and what he did on this planet, then he didn't die. He still retains all of that memory and all of that personality and all of that perspective. So 
death doesn't exist, you know, and I'm watching this happen. It's like, it's like when you first, like when you're watching a child for the first time, like figure something out about the world and you're watching their eyes light up and they're like having, you can see like the neurons coming together and forming new pathways. It's so cool. And I've seen the same thing with mediumship as people are like, wow, like this is, you know, death doesn't exist. And so I think that for some people, um, you know, even like my husband, like, you know, I, I do what I do and he still has like the little fear of death, even though, you know, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, hey, you still have that, you know, you know, anyway, it's, it's his experience. But um, so, so yeah, so then bridging into your next um, kind of uh, question was uh, in this podcast episode, what I shared about was an experience that I had with um, a client who came to me for a mediumship reading, and I had worked with her multiple times over the years, and we did different, you know, kind of um, readings, and 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 this time, you know, she came to me and she said, Emily, I want to, I, I want to try something different today. I would love to have you explore or ask my dad, like, can he give me peace around what happens when, um, when we die and, and you know and she came from a certain um religious background that had it, it had its own kind of ideas and beliefs around the soul and what was happening and things like that and so you know I said taking that into account and that that was still important to her and I just said I'll just kind of tell you what what he's saying and so he took me through this very um beautiful quite extensive description for him um in 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 what he experienced when he left his physical body um and all of the different kind of layers of his experience and this was of course kind of colored through his personal experience and the circumstances surrounding his passing but it was really I think he knew for her what this was going to do and what it was going to do was like she had a she, this client had a very like uh, curious mind and she just you know she wanted to understand and she wanted to 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 understand more not just about her dad's process but just about the soul's kind of process in general um, and so he shared this whole kind of experience and there was a couple things that I kind of you know understood or that that I expected and there was a couple things that um well, I don't want to say surprised me, but it was just interesting to hear how he explained them to her. And you could tell the whole time that how he's explaining it and even the language that he was giving me, um, like the, the specific words that he had me say were to really um, shed light on this for her, like for the curious mind kind of aspect, but also just to continually give her peace in the way that, you know, that, um, that she was looking for and the way that she needed. So it was really cool. It was very unique. And I love when people come in with those kind of unique questions, because I always just say like, we can really go anywhere, like <laughs> we can go anywhere we want. So we could either do like, you know, the regular thing, we explore their life, we explore their work, we explore their passing, or, you know, we could go beyond that. We can see what else happens. And that's when it gets really cool. Yeah. And I'm going to link that podcast episode because it, it was so incredible. And I think like really, yeah, it gives people a peace of mind of like, you know, what kind of happens after and, and sort of the process from that side of it. Yeah. And I had like another sort of like brain exploding moment when you talked about death and like not existing because like, yeah, consciousness, our consciousness is not in these physical skin suit things. It, it's in our soul. And so it's like, wherever our soul is, that's, that's yeah. us always yeah. living. And yeah. that in and of itself, I feel like is, I don't know if, if anyone takes anything away from this episode, like that's, that's the nugget is that death doesn't truly exist if we really think about it. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that the consciousness goes, you know, where the soul goes. Exactly right. And, you know, it, it can, it merges with the physical body for a certain period of time and it expresses itself through that individual personality. And then when it's complete expressing itself through that individual physical vessel, it, you know, leaves the, the body and, and, and still retains every ounce of the experiences of the memories of the hardships of the lessons of the, like everything you know so mm -hmm. i think that and, and i think that that's like that is a it is a great it's a great nugget i'm glad we got there in this conversation because i hope that that can be kind of illuminating for 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 somebody as yeah i absolutely think it will um thank you for speaking about that so powerful which kind of then leads me into maybe your perspective on like how our souls choose bodies and then maybe that ties into like spirit babies and you know yeah. coming coming down here in this interesting place interesting place yes that's right it's um we're very you know the people who continue to incarnate again and again on planet earth man we are we're brave 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 souls uh but but we're souls on a mission in a way yeah so i think that in the in the oh, it's I mean it's one of those things where I wish that and I will try to synthesize this and explain this in the best way that I can because it's still so complex and I think like even with the experiences that I've had and what I've been shown and what I've seen I'm still operating in some way shape or form in a limited human form and so even as I'm trying to explain uh like these concepts of choosing bodies and spirit babies and stuff like I can always just kind of feel you know like the that my guy's kind of being like you know she's trying her best um because it, it it is it's interesting to try and get these concepts across in a way that um is hopefully going to be into able to be integrated by people without diluting the um kind of uh complexity of it is, is uh, what i'm trying to say you know what i'm saying so yes language doesn't quite do it oh man and and, and that's and that's like that's the that's the game <laughs> uh but so you know i think that we one of my one of my teachers used to say this and i just when she the first time i heard her say this it was just like a light bulb moment she said you know your your destiny is chosen your 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 mission and what you are going to accomplish in a specific lifetime is chosen and then the body is designed your physical body is designed to basically yeah to fit wow. yeah that's like another brain exploding moment yeah your destiny is chosen and then the body is designed around the destiny um and it's designed around the mission and the life path and it's literally built for the life path and you're essentially choosing what is the best body build you know so to speak that's going to help me move through this planet um in the body that i'm in in hopefully the most um impactful and powerful way and so i find that it kind of starts in that way and then the body is picked and sometimes i have you know seen the experience of souls kind of you know having that the soul having the the destiny already and they're choosing the body and they've got different choices in different places or different families and that's kind of a mm -hmm. i understand that's like the first time i saw that i was like what uh you know what you know like there was another body choice for that for me for this lifetime it's like yeah there was that you can kind of project forward into the future and sort of see okay that's how this lifetime would play out in this specific body in this specific family in this specific 
a geographical location and this specific socioeconomic status and this specific religious background, you know, like you can see how that all plays out. And then you obviously, you know, you and I obviously chose these bodies in this time for a certain reason. There's a reason why you and I, you know, I chose to be in, in this body born into the family and the, the kind of the lineage that I was born into. And you chose the, the body and the lineage and, and, and that, that you were born into. Um, and so that's how I kind of see it and I experience it. And then when we kind of zoom that out and we think about, well, you know, that, that's pre-incarnation planning. That's a soul who's looking ahead at a lifetime understanding the destiny looking ahead at the lifetime and going not only what's what's the body choice that's best going to fit this lifetime but what what is the family choice who do i want to have around me do who do i want to have as the mother figure who do i want to have as the the you know the the siblings who do i want to have as the uh the kind of the catalyst to my you know to an awakening like that's all being charted that's all being kind of um understood beforehand and of course we have free will and so even as much as things can be understood there's lots of different ways that things can go um but yeah like the souls you know they um and, and so how I could even, this is a good, how I could even describe the spirit baby connection, which is essentially a part of my work where that's where families down here on earth are looking to connect and communicate with the energies of the souls that um, have either been with them in the past in utero in some sh uh, shape or form, um, who are currently incarnated in utero or who, or who they will kind of bring into the world in the future. And so you could think about it like it's really just a family down here on earth connecting with a soul in its pre-incarnation planning process ahead of the, the either before the conception um, kind of journey or at some point along that that path or that journey. I mean, it's really just like as soon as the decision is made and the soul has kind of, let's say, picked the body and chosen the family, um, the communication can be initiated, basically. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it just like again, my brain is just like, this is just like, I've never heard this described and it's just like blowing my mind, but it makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it makes yeah. all of the sense. Yeah. So do you have, okay. Uh, so many things. Do you have, um, a sense of when a soul enters a body, like someone gets pregnant, like mm -hmm. what is that like? That's a great question. It's such a fantastic question. And I've only actually received clarity on that in the last little while, because I've always wondered about that too. I'm like, when does the consciousness actually, you know, um, merge with the, with the physical body? Like when is the soul merged with the, the energy that like the physical body that's being currently created. And in my experience of what I have found is that it varies. Um, but as kind of, I mean, there are no hard, fast rules when we're talking about this kind of stuff. So it is hard to be like, this is, this is the minimum, this is the maximum. But I have found that it is quite uncommon for a soul to come into the body any earlier than the three month mark. Um, usually they are going to come into the body and start to kind of um, meld with the body. Basically, there's this process that happens in utero where the soul starts melding with the physical body and it starts kind of integrating and it starts um, creating a connection with like almost like, um, uh, how, how could I explain that? 
um, almost like, you know, when you see kind of the, the images of like the, the, like the neural pathways being created and like the, you know, the two things come together and then they form a, a connection. It's the same sort of thing that's happening. Um, but so it varies, uh, usually not before the three month mark, although that obviously is not a hard and fast rule. Um, and some souls like to come in quite later. Like some souls actually won't come in fully until like the eighth or ninth month. Some souls wow. will come in somewhere in, in, in between. Some souls will continue to come in and out until the the actual birth process begins so it really just depends um and it's very individual to the soul wow that's so neat it's like they're like trying it on they're like hmm do i want this body uh, yeah do I, they come in and they kind of meld a little bit and then okay i'm going to go back to the source energy and i come in and i'll kind of come check on you know how is the, the body going and all this um and i'll go out and then i'll come but you know it's like it's very it's very kind of um they can be very fluid like that yeah wow that's so cool um okay so how and this is like a sensitive topic but like how do you view miscarriage like it's such a traumatic uh, upsetting thing and like yeah how, how do you kind of maybe view that with what you know yeah it is you, you know you're right it's um it is a sensor topic and you know i do actually end up just by virtue of the spirit baby work i do end up actually talking about it quite a bit and i think that it again miscarriage is very 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 individual to each kind of carrier of 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 the child and each sort of soul um and it really depends like sometimes i have seen miscarriage be explained as um that was all I needed that that like that was my lifetime that was the lifetime completion it was only eight weeks but it was complete at that eight week mark I have had that explained in that way mm -hmm. I have had it explained in the way where the soul says the body that was being um I, I kind of basically changed my mind about the body um and the body that was being built I just wasn't going to support me the best way that I thought it might, um, basically. Um, I mean, there's just so many different ways that that could, like, that that could come about. Um, but often, I mean, it's all led almost always by the intelligence of, of the soul. Like they, they have an understanding of what's going on and there's no accidents really. Um, and, and so that's, that's, that's kind of what I have seen and what I have found. Um, and, you know, I've had different ways, it, it explained in very different ways for different people, which is always interesting. Like, again, there's no uh, kind of rule or there's no one specific answer to that question because it is very individual. Yeah. Um, I love perspective on it and I think I could maybe sort of I imagine bring some healing to what is a really upsetting experience um I definitely have like people in my life who've experienced that um another question about that is like do have you kind of gotten information about how maybe there's a miscarriage and then that same soul then comes back to that those parents very often actually that's actually um tends to be the the the, the i would say i don't want to say the norm but but it, it happens very often 
um, it, it is actually more in the minority that the that the soul will kind of have the completion of the the of the lifetime experience in um, you know the eight weeks or whatever, and then they're complete, and then they 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 don't actually incarnate again. I have found that um, it is uh, when there is miscarriage wherever that's happening in, in, in the pregnancy, it is actually very common for the soul to then, you know, com they, the, the, they complete that specific process and then they'll return to source and then they'll plan um, kind of uh, another try basically. Yeah, so that does, that is actually quite, I have seen that quite a bit, quite often. And, and most people will know they're like, this is the same soul like the, and, 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 and there can be actually a time difference. So just for example, I had a, I worked with a family who this family had um, had a, had a uh, miscarriage sort of uh, halfway through the, the pregnancy um, and we did the healing kind of work around that and then there was another soul like this soul said I am coming back but there will be another soul in between there will be another soul kind of comes in in between um, in between this pregnancy and my sibling and then my soul coming back again and it's cool because most like people will actually even without that knowledge being kind of presented to them they're like yeah I knew that I knew it was the same soul I knew it I knew it I felt it I had an understanding that it was the same energy and so a lot of people will, will kind of be like I knew it yeah yeah it's so it's so cool this is just all so cool okay so now I'd love to transition into um connecting with animals because so I have a cat who I just like when I look at him I almost like feel like he's human if that makes sense like um so yeah can you can you speak to like connecting with animals and kind of whatever direction you want to go with that like maybe your experience with it like how you connect anything around that yeah so I mean it it, it, it the cool thing is I mean these these anybody who thinks that animals don't have souls I mean you've never spent uh, you've never spent extensive times around an animal I don't think because they I mean they're so um it's just so obvious like as you you, you spend time around them like this is a this is an ensouled you know creature I mean mm -hmm. they, they have such a such a such a presence such a soul energy so um animal communication is you know something I'm interested in as well it's definitely not one of my 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 kind of specialties but I am very interested in it because I love animals and I and I always have um but you know I think that uh animals work primarily um on sort of a tele telepathic uh frequency and so you know and I prefer to work on a telepathic frequency as well. And so, and so animals are constantly sending and transmitting um, telepathic information. And so for us, as if you're an animal owner and lover, um, it's just the, really the, the, the fact of the matter is that your animal has already been sending you telepathic information throughout the entire time that you've uh, been in contact with them. It's just really coming into consciousness about the fact that you can receive it actually from them too. And you can actually have a telepathic communication with your animal. Like my husband always laughs at me because I'm like, he needs this. And he's like, how do you know? Like, how do you know that? I'm like, just, just, he's telling me that he needs this thing. Can you just do it for him? He's like, he doesn't need it. He's fine. He just had, it. I'm like, 
no, I'm telling you, he needs it. He's telling me, um, you know, he just, he's like, he's like, what, how do you, what do you mean? You're, you're just saying that because you're his mom and you love him. I'm like, well, yeah, I am his mom and I love him, but he's also telling me that he needs it. Um, you know, so I think that when we bring into that kind of that, that light, that the consciousness that the animal is kind of my dog's laying, I'm looking at him. He's laying on my bed right now, looking at me like this. Cause he knows I'm talking about him and we're having a tell I'm talking to you about it. And we're having a telepathic conversation it. about it. Um, but I mean, they're so intelligent and, 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 you know, it's different animals have different kind of capacities. I have found that like cats, um, are really good at transmuting energy for their owners, like either in the space or in the physical body, in the energy field, like they know when energy needs to be moved and they're really good at, um, at moving it. I found that dogs are really good at amplifying energy. They're really good at bringing joy back into the energy field. They're really good at like uplifting the vibration. Um, so every animal has like such a unique, such unique gifts and such unique talents. And I think that the human to animal, animal to human connection is so beautiful and uh, they really are so um, intelligent. And I really think that like we have our animal companions at different, obviously animals don't have the lifespan that we do as human beings. And I think that it's very much set ahead of time, which animals will be around to kind of support different phases of our journey. Like I know my dog that I have now, I mean, I saw the picture of him and I was like, that's my dog. That is my dog. Nobody else can have, and I had to go through this whole process of like filling out all these adoption forms and fighting people like, no, that's my dog. He's not not yours like he's mine um because I saw him and I was like I can picture all of these different phases throughout the next you know 10-15 years of my life with him in it and I know that he's here to be in this specific kind of um uh time period with me um and so you know a lot of some people have that experience too where it's like I needed this cat or this animal or this dog or this bird or this horse throughout this specific period of my life and I don't know what I would have done without them yeah, oh, totally. I'm just like over here tearing up because I just so resonate with that. Like my cat was literally waiting for me when I got back from a trip out of the country and like manifested an orange cat that was a boy and he was the only one <clears throat> and he was literally waiting for me. And when, when I think about it, like he got me through my dark night of the soul when I was just like at the bottom of the pit of nothingness. and my grandmother's death, like all these sort of things you can think about that they, they get you through and they're there for is just like totally mind blowing. It's amazing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And even like people who, you know, adopt senior animals. And I think that that's very beautiful. Or they bring senior animals into their family. Like even those short years or months or days, even that you have with that animal, like that's, that's exactly perfect. And they were exactly supposed, you were supposed to get a transmission basically. And sometimes we have our animals for longer. Sometimes we have them for the sh very short periods of time. But in the period of time that they were with you, you were there to get and give a, a, a transmission from them. And then, you know, that's the, the, that's the hard part about these beautiful animals is that their lifespan isn't as, as long as ours, but that's, you know, I think we're meant to, to kind of, if, if you're into animals, I think we're meant to live and learn from and get different transmissions from different animals through our human lifetimes. Um, and so, you know, I'm trying not to think about that right now my my dog's only five but I'm like no don't think about yeah. it he's here forever it's he'll be he'll live till he's you know 45 I know um, I totally like get that I'm like <laughs> let's get to like 40 or something like 
Yeah, let's let's extend, let's change your DNA and extend your lifetime. I think that's that's, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How like might someone start to kind of connect with their animal or like maybe tune in with them or kind of receive those mm-hmm. telepathic messages? What I will say is that it is easier because uh, you know, the, the, especially if you're not, if you're still learning, you know, telepathic telepathic communication, it is easier to actually start practicing human to human before you start practicing okay. animal to human, and that's just because, like, when you're telepathically sending human to human, you can say, "I just sent you this," and the human can be like, "Oh yeah, I got blah blah blah." Or I just sent you this and you're like, oh, I got this, 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 like you can kind of compare notes when you're sending animals to, sorry, when you're sending human to animal, you can't necessarily compare notes because they're still not able to verbally communicate. It's strictly telepathic. Mm -hmm. And so I find that it's actually really good to practice the art of telepathic sending and receiving. I have a podcast on this too, for anybody who's interested. <clears throat> um, to practice it that way first before you start kind of because they're very good at it they know exactly how to do it and they're very you know that's just that's how the way that they primarily communicate um, and so for somebody like first starting telepathic communication and they go in and try to telepathically communicate with their animal they're probably going to be like I'm not getting anything or I don't understand what he's saying or what does this mean or why do, you know so I think that it's very good actually to practice human to human first and then start to bridge your um your findings with with your animal um i mean always great to like get it in a moment when you're relaxed you're relaxed they're relaxed let's say you're like cuddling together everything's quiet um and they're awake and you know they're not necessarily sleeping and you're just sort of spending time together and you just practice like bubbling out a, a little thought um into like it's good if it's like a kind of like one thing that i'll play with my dog if we're looking for i'm looking for practice is i'll send him a telepathic thought of do you want to go for, I'm not even going to say the word because he's going to pop his head up. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go for a W-L-K? Uh, and he actually knows how to spell that now. So I'm kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, and, and, and you watch his, 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 uh, how he responds to that. The ears come up, the eyebrows raise, um, they, they, he received it. He, I didn't say anything out loud, but he heard what I was saying. And mm-hmm. so that's a really good way to start, send something out and watch and see how they respond. That's what I would say. I'm totally yeah. gonna practice with pumpkin. Yeah, oh, I love it. It's so cute, pumpkin. I love it. It's adorable. Yeah. It's adorable. Um, oh, that's so interesting. Uh, I could talk to you all day about all these things. Um, is there anything kind of remaining, like that you would want people to like take away about mediumship or kind of anything else? Um, I just kind of leave it open to anything that. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes our guides are like, say this, say this. So yeah, let me see. Yeah. What I want to say is that we need as many people as possible on the ground, on this planet right now, practicing different kinds of uh, modalities of different forms of healing work. Like we need as many people as possible. And so whether you are just getting started or you're budding, or you're just opening up, or you're just exploring, or you're not really sure. And you've been told that you are, but you don't know, or, you know, wherever you are on the spectrum. Um, I think, you know, it's so important to just give as much of, uh, of, of, of the, the, the healing kind of energy and frequency and whatever capacity and just 
funneling it into planet earth right now because it needs it so, so bad and people need it so bad. And there's so many people who are really suffering and really struggling and really hurting. Um, and I mean, who are like the mental health crisis that's happening right now on the planet. Like there's so many people who just need some form of hope or inspiration or higher connection or just feeling support or like, this is all not for no reason, you know? So I think that, um, just call, I'm I'm really into like calling people up right now and saying like you don't need a cue you don't need somebody to like you know you just you can find that inspiration and you can find that courage inside of yourself and you can apply it because we really need you um and like don't there's no time to waste you know like I really feel that um people can't dance around their destinies anymore, especially right now. Like it's really time to step in and step up and to garner and gather all of the courage um, that you have to apply it to planet earth right now, because we're at a crucial, crucial, crucial turning point. Um, and we just need as much as we can get. We need as much of, of, of this beautiful energy funneled into the planet as we can get right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm just into like, kind of creating that inspiration for people. And I think I say kind of the same message on when people ask me on podcasts, like, what do you want to say? That's what I pretty much say some version of that every time, but that's what I've been, I'm being told to say every time because it's very important. It's very important right now. Um, and we need you. Yeah. yeah. Such a beautiful message to end on. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's so true. So share the light. Yeah. Um, Gosh, thank you so much for this. Like, um, it, it was such an honor to have you on the podcast and to talk about all these things with you. Um, thank you so much for sharing your energy and your light. Uh, can you please uh, tell everyone, you know, where they can find you, how they can work with you and yeah, yeah all the things. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so you can find me. I kind of, I hang out a lot over on Instagram. It's I'm pretty consistent all across the board. I'm at Emily, the medium on Instagram. My podcast is also Emily, the medium. Um, it's kind of a gold lettering with the black and white background is the uh, thumbnail. So you can find it nice and easy. Um, I have the podcast. Oh, uh, you can find me on my website, www.emilythemedium.com. Um, I also just thought I'd throw this out there, depending on when this episode is out, I have a, actually a spirit baby event coming up at the end of October on Thursday, October. 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, this is kind of like a group spirit baby healing event for people all across the spectrum, whether they're interested in having children in the future, if they're not interested in having children at all, but they want to help support these future generations that are coming onto the planet. Um, who are currently pregnant, like it's just, you know, wherever you are at on the kind of the spectrum. Um, so I have that event coming up at the end of October. Um, and that's kind of what I have going on right now and where, where everybody can, can find me. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for um, having me on. And I really enjoyed getting the chance to chat with you and, and answer your, your awesome questions, very deep thought provoking questions. I really enjoyed it. So thank you. Oh, of course. Thank you so much.